0: Hey, everyone. Matt Williamson here. I want to dig in heavy to this Deontay Johnson contract. And before digging in heavy, let's just go light, you know, on the surface. I am 1000% in favor of it from a team perspective. Hey, I also think it's a good good deal for Deontay as well. I mean, this is a guy that by NFL standards has not made a ton of money. He's performed at a very high level. He's getting paid royally and still this is kind of the beauty of it from him has a great opportunity when this contract's over to go make another deal. So he could probably get two more paid or even One more in addition to this one payday in his career as a 29 year old, you know, is when this deal is up for him. And with his style play, we'll get into all that. But first of all, here's a contract, it, he, it's an extension. So he is going to be under the Steelers' control for 2022, 2023, 2024. And then, you know, that's his age 26, 27, and 28 year old seasons, the, the prime of his career. And then the Steelers can make a decision when he turns 29. And assuming his game doesn't drop off dramatically, he's going to get paid again well then. So, again, I think by the, in a year or two, this gets, is going to be a real bargain. And again, he's going to get a chance to get another big deal. So I think really everyone wins, but especially the Steelers, to me. Um, He's making an average salary of 18, a little over 18 and change. uh, 27 million guaranteed. I honestly thought he would get, when it was all said and done, 20 million, maybe a smidge over. And the way this worked, and, and the timing's no accident. You know, the Steelers waited for couple of slightly bigger fish, you know, McLaurin in Washington, DK Metcalf with Seattle, uh, Debo with the Niners, all of whom I think are superior players, but not by leaps and bounds, to Johnson. And then they came in a little under that. They got the Boswell contract done, which who would have any problem waiting behind Boswell in the pecking order? Perfect. And then I love the idea of signing a star player in the middle of camp dog days of camp. And that's exactly what it was. You know, I I think it's a great way to look for team building, for morale. This guy works harder than anybody. Even his quote, uh, hold in. He was working like crazy after practice. He's doing individuals. He just didn't do team stuff. So you reward people that are quality players on the field that work hard and you do it kind of in a public manner like this in the dog days of camp, the hottest day at camp and it just boosts morale. And it's a, a fantastic, um, you know, carrot for everybody else, a, a motivator. So I think the money is very, very reasonable, especially when you look at the rest of the wide receiver room, none of those guys are going to be expensive soon. I'm not exactly sure how this affects Claypool. Um, Pickens, who I've often told you guys I think will be a star, um, comes up several years from now. Obviously, he's a rookie. So you space those guys out well. You know, maybe you give Pickens a similar deal in terms of average percentage of your salary cap when he's up, assuming I'm right about him being a a star, continue to draft the position as they always do. But you probably could take a year or two off from that, depending where Claypool's career goes. And I love Austin and also check out my article on Miller. I think he's a real keeper as well. So what are the Steelers getting in Johnson? And is it smart to invest in wide receivers? You know, big picture... I've said this a million times that if we write a a book, a, a the history of the wide receiver position at the NFL level, I think the chapter 2022, the offseason between 2021 going into 2022 will be in a long and extensive and important chapter. We've seen, I mentioned the guys that just got signed from the same draft class as Johnson that weren't first-round picks, you know, because they hadn't made a ton before. They didn't have fifth-year option situations. A.J. Brown was also in that class. He got traded for, you know, a, a, a high pick, a first-round pick, as well as signing a huge deal. But this is also the offseason of Tyreek, Devontae, moving teams for big, you know, uh, big uh, compensation packages. And why I think it's, you know, a big picture, really interesting offseason is, first of all, this is a passing league that always has three receivers on the field, basically. And while there's a wealth of them coming into the league, you really need three or four weapons, you know, uh, th- two great tight end or two great receivers in a tight end. You know, you really need four difference maker weapons out of your five on offense. So, yeah, there's a a lot of supply that comes into the league every year. And no one's a better example of that than the Steelers in terms of using second day picks and hitting on them and getting quality there. But you got to keep the right people. The Steelers had the cap space. And I do think there will be some teams that, and I thought maybe Pittsburgh will be one of them, that, hey, we're not going to pay receivers. We're just going to draft a day two, one, second, or third round every year. And if we hit on two out of three, we'll always have a cheap young receiver room. That's great and all, but sometimes you need leaders. You need foundational players. And that's exactly what Deontay is to me. He is a foundational player. Now, when I look at, uh, first of all, the, the term... Number one wide receiver gets thrown around a lot. People look at it from a fantasy angle. Sometimes for years and years, I've told my listeners, whatever outlet I've worked for that folks, there aren't 32 number one receivers in the NFL. That's 100% true. Used to be, I thought there was 10 to 14 in that neighborhood. Now I think there might be 18, 19. It's kind of the golden age of receivers. You know, a lot of, Great ones come into the league. They usually blossom in year two, not year three anymore. So it, it's there's more of them, but the demand is greater than ever as well. But not every, every team has one. Just because somebody leads your team in receptions, Darnell Mooney in Chicago, doesn't mean he is a number one receiver. Is Deontay Johnson a number one receiver? I think he's about as borderline a case as you could make. I mean, he is... A low-end number one or an exceptional number two? So he's right on that fringe. He's the 15th to 18th best player at his position in the league. I'd rather have McClure. Or I'd rather be in Brown, Cafe G. Brown. Sandel, et cetera. But if there is a true number one, he's right on that fringe. thing of how i determine what is a true number one receiver is first of all when i was scouting the first lesson anyone ever taught me about scouting wide receivers and it's way more true now than 20 years ago when i was a scout for the browns is watch every rep of a college player versus press band coverage they don't see many of them um it it is absolutely instrumental at the next level to be able to beat press man coverage. Deontay Johnson's been the best on this team for a long time against press man coverage. Like, for example, Juju Smith-Schuster, good player. A high percentage of his production has always come against zone. That's why he can't be an outside receiver, you know, snap after snap. He has to be a slot because it's a lot harder to press a guy from the slot. They have a two-way go. You know, I mean, you can move them you motion them around. But a true ex-outside receiver that can line up and beat press man coverage time and time again, that's what the position's all about. Those are premium players. That's exactly what Deontay Johnson is. And he's not only the best on this team, but he's he's one of the best in the league against press man coverage. Um, I know some people hate the drops. I've thought all along, Drops are an overrated statistic. The people you know get too worried about drops. First of all, targets are earned in this league. Whether Ben loved them or whatever, targets are earned. You have to get open to get targets. You get targets are earned. The guys that are always at the top of the league in drops are the welkers, the Edelmans that one, get open, and two, Catch the ball in traffic and then get hit in the face by linebackers or defensive linemen that don't catch a little out routes and then get bumped out of bounds. I mean, it's harder catching the ball in a high volume manner in the middle of the field, quick hitters than just catching out routes and goes and you know uh, posts and things like that. Is does he have fantastic hands? No, but I do think Johnson's drops mostly came in a small cluster last year and everyone now now he has this stigma which I don't think is quite fair um so I don't know that he'll get as many targets because they were also short and the in the Steelers and Ben really were just attacking the short areas of the field. So I don't know that his target numbers will stay as high, but I think they'll still be extremely high because targets are earned and he gets open, especially against man coverage. Um, but I do think his A dot average of the target and degree of difficulty will go up. You know, he will have more, longer developing, deeper routes and. I have a couple little numbers here to kind of back my point on what Johnson has done. And and I'm stealing this one from Pro Football Focus. It's one of my absolute favorite stats. You'll see it time and time again in the articles I write about pass catchers and, and receivers in general. And it's yards per route run. You know, it's every time you run one route, how many yards do you end up creating On average. I mean, there's so many routes wide receivers run and they don't even get the football. So how efficient are you every time you explode off the line of scrimmage and run a route? So I think that's a great indicator. Deontay Johnson came in 35th in the league in yards per route run. However, a lot of these numbers or a lot of these players ahead of him are unbelievably small sample size. Like, Deontay Johnson ran 176 routes. Little Jordan Humphrey from New Orleans has the same yards per route run, 1.83. But he only ran 18 routes. He doesn't count. So I'm talking about guys that are 100 routes or more. Here's the names ahead of them. Stefan Diggs, DJ Moore, Hunter Renfro, DK Metcalf, C.D. Lamb, Michael Pittman, Brandon Cooks, Chris Godwin, Mike Williams, Tyreek Hill, T. Higgins, Tyler Lockett, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel, and Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was the best in the league last year, 3.12 yards every time he runs a route. A remarkable number. Anything over two is through the roof. Um, you know, I mentioned Debo. He's right under three. The Cups, the only one over three. And again, um, Deontay was at 1.83. So he's ahead of some guys like Terry McLaurin, Christian Kirk, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans. These are all the best receivers. Mike, you know, Jalen Waddle is a speedster. So these are all the best receivers in the league, folks. And I, again, I think his yards per route run will probably go up because he's going to generate more yards per per catch, if that makes enough sense. So, again, that's just one number that I believe in that that really stacks him up against the best in the league. Like, I'm just scrolling down here, too. Like, Chase Claypool, another Steeler, 1.67. That's okay. It's You know, it's good. It's above average. But just to give you an idea, you know, to put this in context a little bit more. One of my favorite analysts out there is Matt Harmon. I've known Matt Harmon for a long time. He has a site called Reception Perception where he just analyzes wide receivers and he watches at least eight games of every player. And he gives you success on different routes, you know, all these different things about them. And he raves about Deontay Johnson in an in-depth study. So not only according to Matt, is Johnson in the green, above average, on every route, screen, slant, curl, dig, post, corner, out, comeback, flat. And you know, he's above average in all those routes. And he's dead average on a nine route, a go route. But here's what's more impressive to me, and this goes back to my my theory about man coverage and things like that. Deontay Johnson is in the 98th percentile success rate versus zone coverage. He's in the 91st percentile versus man coverage, the 89th percentile versus press man coverage. So he's a B plus plus versus press man coverage. He's an A minus minus or A minus versus man. He's an A plus versus zone. These are elite numbers, elite numbers. And again, everyone kind of knew what he was doing too. You know, if you vary things a little bit, uh, you know, in terms of what they ask of him, I think they only go up, even if the new quarterback doesn't feed him like Ben. So I mentioned the the drop rate. Here's another thing that, that Matt mentions. Uh, last year, he had a 10% drop rate. It was really bad, but it was really over the course of a month. This past year, dropped all the way down to 3.4%. I mean, 3.4% drop rate with that kind of target number... It is fine, you know, and again, they're hard catches. They're in the middle of the field, very tight quarters. The quarterback's not helping him particularly much. 176 targets, and you only drop 3.4% of them. Not bad at all. Very overblown thing about him. So here's the final thing Matt says about his summary of Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson checks so many boxes at the wide receiver position and has a trump card trait in his ability to get open. We should be excited about what the future and a quarterback change will bring to his game. I couldn't agree more. I just think that's exactly what you're looking for at this stage of his career, which he's hitting his prime years. He conceivably could be getting better. Um, I think the offense will help him more than it'll hurt him. And that's exactly the type of people you invest in. So in a nutshell, I think this is a very shrewd signing. Works out extremely well for the team. And just wanted to give you my thoughts. So there you have it. Thanks so much. I am Matt Williamson. Give me a follow on Twitter, at WilliamsonNFL. Check out all my stuff on the DK site here for sure, too. I've been doing a lot of receiver stuff there as well. Thanks. See you later. (laughs)